August twenty second, twenty twenty three. Chris choking on his coffee Let's here. Go. It's all right. All right. Now welcome back to the Florida Man Podcast, where we discuss all the important sporting news that matter to you most. Now today on FM Sports, we'll be discussing the latest NFL news from your Florida teams. On the MLB side, the latest regarding the Rays and Marlins, and with the NBA, we have the World Basketball Championship. Now, guys, next week we have our fantasy football draft show. We'll be only be focusing on the picks you need to win your leagues. Let's you go. guys have drafts coming up, so you do not want to miss this show. Now, you shouldn't ever miss one of our shows, but <laughs> if you play fantasy football, you most definitely do not want to miss next week. But that's next week. Today, we start with our Florida players representing their prospective countries in the World Basketball Championship. Now, what's going on in the world of basketball, Chris? Yeah, it's an exciting time. As far as USA basketball is concerned, we've got the showcase games out of the way, Johnny. Uh, as we know, Team USA goes undefeated 5-0. and So there, there's a lot of good things to talk about as far as individual players. Uh, one thing that I want to highlight is Anthony Edwards, 34 points in 34 minutes. Like, what in the world? Just absolutely awesome. Speaking of our Magic players, uh, as the Florida Man Show here, Franz Wagner, 17 points, 10 rebounds, 2 assists, 2 steals. Uh, representing Germany. Mo Wagner, his brother, 14 points, three rebounds. So a lot to be excited about if you're a local Magic fan uh, as well. But going back to Anthony Edwards, going back to Team USA, the only thing I will say that would be a drop of concern, Johnny, they they were down 16 points in the third quarter. They clawed back to win. What do we see coming up now that the games actually matter, the first round being August 26th against New Zealand? Well, let me tell you something here first, Chris. This here is the Florida Man podcast. We don't give a damn about these schnetzel-eating Germans, all right? Okay? This is about the good U.S. of A., okay? But Chris here loves the Germans. Yeah. We, we are just going to focus on Team USA. First of all, we don't care that some other, some players get magic for that playing for Germany. Great. All right, this this is Florida Man Podcast. It's just surprising to me. I mean, this is a, a young, talented team, but there's no Durant, LeBron, no no right. real face of the NBA is representing the, the Team USA. This is a, a group of young talent that we have in the NBA, and they're playing like a great team. They're well coached. They're doing everything they need to do. That's why they're undefeated. So I'm like what I see. If you like good basketball. Um, so I expect the USA to continue to do what they need to do. And in terms of Team Germany, I don't care. But you can talk about that on a later on since they're your favorite team. Well, you know, I, I think you make a really good point that they are very, very young. We'll talk a little bit more about that as well. But as far as now that the games that matter, Johnny, which is really important because now these games are going to matter coming into the first round. Are we thinking Team USA, we said this in previous episodes, are they going to go full sweep? Are they going to go undefeated? Are you still feeling that confident being that they're so young? It's not that. It's They can go undefeated. Okay, they started off undefeated. Great. But right. this is, international play isn't what it used to be. They're competitive. They're, and Team USA is not like they bulldozed for everybody. They had some tight games. So they can. But this, the, the expectations for, a, a, I guess, a fan of, of my age... We expect USA to dominate. I think younger fans under acknowledge international play and how good they are. So if, if Team USA doesn't win the gold, I think it, they won't be as disappointed. But I will be because right, right. this is our sport. We brought it to the world. So 
eventually the world ha- you know they will catch up and they have caught they they've closed the gap but the gap is still there so we are still the basketball you know force of the world yeah, and the i expect mecca. us to win the gold yeah the mecca and and to that point too the, there's there's going to be like um overreaction if you will if we lose right to your point like i feel the same way i feel like if you don't win if you don't go undefeated then there's a problem there's a knee-jerk reaction and then the next olympic games that happen what happens then uh the elite players decide to come out and play it's not such a young roster anymore now you've got the veterans that want to come up and represent so i'm hoping that they definitely go uh, undefeated and you know they go full circle as far as with this young team that they have with anthony edwards leading them they don't necessarily need to go undefeated they just got to win the gold so if, if obviously once you get to certain knockout rounds you can't lose so early on you know they kind of like just just get out of the first round get out of the rounds that you need to get out of and as long as you win the gold we're not going to care if you lost the game here and there because like i said this isn't the dream team this is not the redeemed team this is a good young group of nba stars um, and they're representing well as of uh, so far I think that they have some players, and again, I will talk about that a little bit more, that I don't necessarily agree that they're on that roster, uh, and I'll tell you where I'm going with that. But I do want to get an idea talking about you know NBA basketball in general. Um, as far as our local Florida teams here, there are some rankings that come out during preseason. They've got rankings based on the previous season and based on what you do in the NBA draft. And so right now, as it stands, we've got Miami and Orlando. Miami being ranked number five. Orlando being ranked number 23. I got to know. Too high or too low? What are your thoughts? Let's start with Miami. Well, if you listen to Chris in, in previous you know podcasts, y- you would think that Orlando had the greatest draft in the history of drafts, <laughs> and Miami is a bunch of fools. And here we are with professionals doing the rankings and putting Miami exactly where I had them. And for the most part, Orlando exactly where I had them. You know, they have Miami ranked five. That's that's without Lillard. You know, most people expect Lillard to go there. I I had Miami ranked five, six, you know, going into this upcoming season. And I had, you know, the, the Orlando ranked towards the bottom. And that's exactly what the experts thought because the experts listen to the show and they listen to me. So mm. we have a team that really underachieved in the heat. It barely squeaked in them. They went on runs in the regular season, but then barely got into the playoffs and then really put everything together when they needed to the most. Orlando is a bunch of young talent. And you have people like J.J. Reddit speaking so highly of them and very much like Chris. You got to prove yourself. What, what have you done? What makes you think, just because you're young and talented, that you're all of a sudden going to go ahead and become great? Most players do not become all-stars. Most NBA players do not become all-stars and even less become all pros. And just because you have talent, just because you have an upside, doesn't ever mean you're going to reach that. And that's something I need to teach uh, my friend Chris here. I'm going to have to basically show you why the Florida Man podcast exists, Johnny. I'm going to show you why we have a necessity to have this show. It's because I say what people are thinking inside, but they don't want to say it. Is that what it is? That's exactly what it is. You've got is these, that why you weren't addressed? You've got these. You, <laughs> you've got these people <laughs> that you want to side with. They've got Miami ranked at number five, 
when they want to base it on, I feel like sometimes they already, uh, they're forward thinkers where they're like, they're already assuming that Lillard's going to be there with Miami, that they're, they're going off what happened the previous year. And then this is what happens when you see a team go from five, then you see the ESPN article, biggest drop after week three, Miami Heat. And this is what's going to happen. They're going to be at number five and they're going to get down. And I'm going to show you how unbiased I am as an Orlando fan with Miami. I've got Miami ranked higher than Orlando. I've got Miami this year, power rankings at number 15. I think that's a very, very fair spot. When you're 44 and 38, six games over 500, like you mentioned earlier, big whoop. That's not, that's nothing to, that's not a top 10 ranking in my book. Your eighth seed, like you mentioned, just barely getting in. You've got a team that is older. Uh, we've got a team that doesn't have Haslam. I know that there was some impact there from being the oldest veteran on the team. So I don't understand without Lillard. I don't understand with Hero being upset and not wanting to be with the team right now from what it looks like, how your ESPN and all these other people, including yourself, have them as a top five. They deserve to be at number 15. And if they get Lillard, if they get Lillard, I don't see them going that much higher because to your point, you got to prove it. You got to play together uh, with, with everybody there with Butler and make things happen. You have the t- a top five, top five, offensive player in Jimmy Butler. You have a top five defensive player in Bam. And you have the best NBA coach in the league. And you're confused as to why. You're in the top 15. You're welcome. You're welcome. That's the top 15. There, <laughs> there are 30 teams in the NBA and you have them in the middle, directly in the middle. And and, and, and no, it's there's a reason why Miami, they haven't fallen off. Even post-LeBron, they don't fall off because they have a great front office led by Pat Riley, the great Pat Riley, and they have the, the best coach in the league in Eric Spolstra. You can't say you're falling off when you had, didn't win it. They've already been off. No, they haven't won it. listen, you're not falling off, meaning you're competing. Like, you're not going to. This isn't the era of Jordan. There's no Jordans in this league as, as much as you guys want to go ahead and hype up LeBron. LeBron <laughs> is not Jordan. And and there's really, there's no Jordan. Somebody who dominates the league and then runs. So the closest thing we have to Jordan in this era, guess what, has been Steph Curry. Okay, because Steph Curry actually has, has continues, stays with his team, and runs up. That's another story. But right now, they have Miami Heat ranked appropriately at 25. They did Orlando a favor. Really, they just take this young talent and they pop them. They really should be about 28, 29, maybe 30. They're in the, the bottom three of the league. But instead, they put them because they're young, talented. They got Bancaro. Let's go ahead and, and, and fluff them up to rank 23. You're, you should be honored to be at the great number 23. That's the best so you're going to do. So you're moving on to Orlando. You're saying that they're not even ranked. ESPN got that wrong. And they're ranked what? What's your ranking? 28. Okay. All right. So, and, and this is why, once again, this is important, right? So as far as my being unbiased, giving you the clear facts. Unbiased. Unbiased. I got Miami <laughs> at 15th. I've got Orlando at 17th, where they should be right now in the power rankings. Talking about another story with Orlando with being so young and and you've got Bancaro playing right now, USA basketball. You've got the Wagner brothers playing where? Where Johnny? Where are they playing? In Germany. <laughs> they're doing they're doing exactly what they need to do. You're getting year two of Bancaro, right? It's gonna be a very important thing of playing together with Wagner. So that's a big deal. And you also got Markel Fultz. If you're a Magic fan, get excited about this. Markel Fultz coming off an offseason without injuries. Coming off an offseason to practice and get better at fundamental basketball. Jonathan Isaac starting game one in the preseason healthy. Orlando should be at 17 right now. It's a, it's disgusting that they're not. That's the word that I want to use. And and like I mentioned before, you're going to see Miami drop. ESPN is going to say that I'm right and Johnny's wrong. They're going to start dropping biggest drop. And guess who's going to be the biggest riser? Orlando, because you had him at 23. Let me, let me explain something to our listeners Damn, here. good. Okay, yeah, let me explain something, how good you are. <laughs> as long as this show goes on, I can promise you one thing, guys. You are never going to hear Chris 
say that the Magic are not going to make the playoffs. You're never going to hear him say that the Buccaneers are not going to make the playoffs. So his unbiased opinion. For me, I look at the team. I look what they brought. This is a group of young talent. But it's young talent. They're unproven. Show me something. It's the same reason why I have the Denver Nuggets as winning the championship. There's a lot of good teams in the West. There's a lot of teams that are going to go ahead and, and really test them. But until you show me something, Denver's a favorite. Like you Show me that you can beat this juggernaut of a team. This slow-moving, boring team led by a giant sloth. But they're winning basketball. So with the Magic... I don't want to hear about potential. I don't want to hear all I've been hearing for over a decade is this young talent potential, the upside. Show me something. Show me what you can do. And until the Magic starts showing me what they can do, 28, 29, 30. That's your area. That's your power ranking. So just to be clear, too, when you're wrong and you find out the season goes on and we're right and all the fans are like, you know, commenting how right I am and all that. Are you going to then like get an Orlando Magic jersey? Like, what are you going to do to eat your words? Because there's something that's going to have to happen. There's, re- there's repercussions. Listen, to, to I, the that you say. I want the Magic to succeed. This is my hometown team. You know, you've been a fan and through thick and thin. And for me, I want success. I'm not going to root for them just because they're winning. I'm not that type of fan. What I want are owners who care about winning. So when I get owners that care about winning, that put winning as a priority instead of their $15 hot dogs and and just really focusing on their profit margins, and I get small market, you have to be careful, but you have a young team. When you have a young team that is talented, then when I start seeing them bringing in pieces, bringing in really good, not necessarily veterans, but superstars on free agency. Next year, you said we're going to have the cap space. Right. So we have a young team that's not going to do much this year. Oh, my God. And then we have the cap space. Let me see what they do. Let me see. Prove me wrong, Magic. Prove me wrong, ownership, and show that the Magic are here to win. And they are, I'll be right there. I'm going to start a GoFundMe for your Magic jersey because you're going yeah. to be eating those words. <laughs> All right. uh, a lot of this, though, too, to your point, Johnny, has to do with you're not going to bring on a player unless you feel like that player is ready. It's going to mesh with the team. It's going to be a good It's going to be a good fit at the end of the day. I don't care what team you are. That's why they want to bring Lillard to Miami because they want to be a great fit. So with that being said, right, we, we want to make sure that we're on the right place of who we're going to pick and who we're going to take. Let's talk a little bit more about who's like overrated and underrated in that category, right? So for the NBA season, we're coming into the new season. Who do you have under your list that you would say, let's start with overrated? Who do you got? Well, I know the most overrated uh, podcast host is, is the gentleman sitting across from mm-hmm. me right now. Mm-hmm. So, but, and, but we're talking about specifically NBA players. Now, right. the most overrated NBA player is the big Frenchman, Rudy Gobert. Um, most overrated? He's overrated. I mean, they, they, they hype him up because he's won three Defensive Player mm. of the Year awards, okay? By the age of 30, he's made six all-defensive teams. And it's like he's a big 7-1, a big guy, but he doesn't have the best hands, has zero post moves, and seems to kind of shrink against other top-tier big men, okay? He benefited greatly, greatly excuse me, from having played in an era where defense is minimal, you know? Gobert could not get the job done in Houston alongside Mitchell, who's been amazing with Cleveland. And that's why he was traded to Minnesota. Now, he hasn't done much with Minnesota. He didn't do much. And I I very much doubt that Minnesota is happy about the deal that they made. So for me, I have the big Frenchman, Rudy Gobert, as uh, the most uh, overrated player. You know, I... 
I'm not gonna say he's the most overrated because I have a different person, but I actually agree that he's maybe a top three. I mean, they if you think about it, he got traded, they cleaned up, they took a lot of stuff for him, and and you know, to your point of him being more overrated, and he didn't do much. No. No, so he's not. Yeah. It's it's a different era of the NBA and these big men. You can do a lot, obviously, uh, Joel Embiid. You have to be more than just this physical presence. And he he disrupts some um, other players, but he's not dominant. And he right. has no real, you know, offensive post games. He hasn't he doesn't develop his game. He's the anti-Joker. Uh, you know, like, you know, we're talking about like uh, Nikolai Jokic and, and what he brings and his offensive move. Super slow and boring to watch, in my opinion. But he produces, especially offensively. Well, and a Gobert doesn't. Like my counterpart, Mr. Number Two, he gave you the number two most uh, overrated player. So that was very good there. I'm going to give you the most overrated player in the league. And it's actually the last two years. I don't think it's even close. It's James Harden. James Harden is the most overrated player in the league, in the NBA, in the last two years. It's it's For me, it's not even close. The last two years, you're averaging 21 points per game, playing 37 minutes. I know that there's uh, analytics out there that's going to show how terrible that is when you're averaging 37 minutes per game. You look at a player like Lillard, he's 33 years old, lights out at his age. You and I have had arguments about why Miami wants him and why they should, whereas this 33-year-old in James Harden is just playing some of the worst basketball of his career. So some people just, you know, they don't last. This is what it is, right, as far as durability is concerned. And speaking on that durability, you've got a guy who has not played more than 60 games in a season since 2019. He did play 65 games in 21 and 22, but that was with two separate teams. So for me, and then on top of that, icing on the cake, you're demanding a trade, all the pettiness that you're doing to get out of there at your age with your stats. To me, it's James Harden. No question. Actually, that's a good move because, you know, I mean, James Harden is built like my 50-year-old uncle. You know, I understand how this guy's in the NBA. I'm like, well, this guy's got a little pot belly going. He got his whole thing going. How the heck is no real muscle development, but somehow he's he's scoring and doing his thing. But yeah, you're right. I mean, James Harden is definitely overrated. Honorable mention. To uh, um, Drayvon Green, <laughs> like because oh, wow. you know oh, Green, wow. I'm so tired of hearing about this guy. <laughs> this guy averaged seven points. He shoots 31 percent, you know, from the field. Like this guy in his head, he thinks he's Charles Barkley or Bill Lambeer, and really all he is is Dennis Rodman without the rebounding or defensive skills, and maybe without the the wedding dress. Is that more of you being a diehard fan of '90s basketball? No, it's not that. that it's just, and, and I'm not even saying that you're no, wrong about the thing. It's, 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 it's you're talking about oh his intimidation defensively. He's just okay he, he just runs his mouth gets a lot yeah, of tease of mouth, yeah. and, yeah. and it's like he gets all this press for being this great basketball mind super smart i'm like he hasn't been an offen- offensively mattered since 2016 since then he's averaging single digits and i'm like if you're going to be a starter the man and the money that he wants and he got and you're doing single digits you have to be a complete dominant force i mean dennis rodman was that he didn't we didn't care what dennis rodman did offensively because this guy was getting 20 rebounds he was going and he was shutting down your whoever he's guarding is getting shut down and yeah he'll he'll be a gnat in their ear he'll pick up his tees but more importantly he would not hurt his team he would help us team more than he hurts him and lately green has been hurting his team even in the finals he gets the tees when he shouldn't need to get they lost that that championship to the Cavaliers because he just couldn't keep his emotions in check and got got suspended for that game and for game six. And that's uh, green overrated. 
that's just honorable mention. I'm spending too much De- time on it. De- definitely, definitely honorable mention, but also a Florida Man podcast. If you're listening now, I want you guys to all hear what Johnny had said previous to that last rant, which was, I'm right, he's wrong. Is that, this is, is what we do at the Florida Man show. Absolutely. Let's talk about underrated. Who do you have underrated for this okay. season? Okay. Well, I was giving you props. I agreed with James <laughs> Harden. Okay. I'm not telling you that. I, I think Rudy Gobert is the most overrated player. Um, but you're know, right. James Harden's there. We have, there's a list of them. But underrated. You know who the most underrated player? And this is specifically. For, I know who This is. is specifically know is. specifically for you, Chris, because oh. I get tired of it. And now, what am I doing right now? What am I doing right now? What am I doing right now? You're playing with your dress. No, I'm playing with my dress. <laughs> it's it's Dame time, baby. Oh. Dame time. Oh, okay. I, this guy. It is ridiculous. This is what happens when you're an elite superstar and you play for a small market team. You get disrespected. And here we are, a player of the caliber of Lillard, who can potentially become available. That's, and you have guys like Chris saying, you can't trade Hero for Lillard. Are you crazy? Lillard, Hero is, is young and all his upside. You do remember that Lillard dropped 71 points last year? You know he dropped 71 points, right? Do you realize that this is underrated, not overrated? Yeah, he's underrated because the fact that we're talking no under who's underrated. I know, yeah, absolutely, Lillard. I'm complete disbelief but, right now. I'm complete, no because I know where you're going, but because I'm you're you're, you're sitting here like we've had arguments over the last few weeks over how Miami, according to you, should apologize to Hero and because he's a young talent, we shouldn't even be looking at Lillard. Lillard, have you seen this guy play 71 points last year? Right, against Rockets, he's a top 10 shooter of all time. Uh, in the NBA, a top 10 shooter of all time, averaged 32 points last year. And you're so convinced on Hero's upside, and he's good, but his upside will never come close to the mountain that is Lillard. Mm-mm-mm. Okay? The fact that you wouldn't trade Hero for Lillard is just disrespect. And really, I feel you should, you know, tweet, what are they calling now, X, uh, the X program, an whatever it is, to Lillard? Okay. to Lillard and apologize for the fact that you would even consider like not making that move. You have a chance to get an all-time great who's still an all-time great for a guy who has upside, but not like I said, not everybody reaches that upside. So I'm not going to let fluid Johnny over here twist my words no, when I yeah, said, okay. when I say Lillard and I say Hero, because I, I don't mind the trade if the trade is, is a bit fair for Miami. I'm an Orlando fan. I'm looking out for Miami when I say those things. And yes, you're absolutely right. I want you to keep I, I want you to keep Hero because at the end of the day, he's younger. And if you're not going to win that one championship, you have one season to win this championship and that doesn't happen, then what did you give up besides Hero? I'm talking about the first round picks, cleaning house, basically setting Miami back five seasons, basically. That's what I'm talking about when I say not trading them back and forth. But the but I'm gonna I'm, I'm gotta tell you I, I'm gonna tell you who I have underrated and I'm gonna, and it's funny because we're talking about this whole trade thing. It is Tyler Hero. Tyler Hero for me is the most underrated player right now. Big, getting big getting, surprise, getting disrespected, surprise. getting disrespected like he is. And and I and I'm a little shocked um, uh, before I go into the Hero thing uh, why you pick Lillard because when you're talking about underrated people respect I respect his game Lillard's game. Mm-hmm. He's an all-star. He's it's like it's not like he didn't get voted into the all-star game. It's not like he's been disrespected to be underrated. Like you scored 71 points and nobody talks about it. No, we we do. You, you, so you haven't talked about it. I know you're saying and forgive me for I know you want to get your point to hero. The fact that that you're looking at hero and Lillard and in your mind it's not automatic. It's automatic. Lillard is an all more than an all-star. He's not an all-star. He's an all-pro. He's he's somebody who's like First NBA team, he's a an, an, an Hall of Famer 
who's currently still in his prime and still doing the things well, that he like does. He's, in his prime. Yeah. Yeah. he's he's a shooter. Shooters, yeah. the, your shot is the last thing to go. So we're talking about the greats, the Ray, Ray Allen's, the Reggie Millers, the Allen Houston, the great shooters of our of our league. He's in that mix, and you're telling me that Hero doesn't belong in the same sentence as Willard. There's there's no argument there, and I'll say this one more time so that my fans can understand where I'm coming from as the Florida man. I know that a straight-up trade would make sense. I would do that trade too, but that's not the trade they're talking about, Johnny. They're not saying hero for Lillard straight up because obviously I would be siding with Lillard get it done. It's all the assets that they want and maybe even three teams just to make it happen that I disagree completely. But I will say why I have hero as far as underrated goes. You're talking about a kid, sophomore to junior, he made the jump in his NBA play. You know how hard it is to jump from a sophomore to junior year? They usually say at your sophomore year, that's what you're going to do for the rest of your career. That's what they always say about 90% of players. And here's this kid that just continues to get better. At the ripe age that he is, he's got the contract that's best for Miami. And again, you've got a guy that, and and this is one stat, if you're listening, Hero, that I'm going to give you. You've got the all-star in Butler. You've got another player in your center giving you 20-plus points per game. Miami, you've got a big three already, and you don't even know it. You have a big three. Three people averaging over 20 points per game. What more do you want? Oh, you need better defense and you need more offense. So you're talking about how, oh, look at Heroes, 20 points. This guy, Lillard, averaged 32 points. Okay, this is not, that's a significant jump. When you really down the stretch, when they needed a big shot, Hero's not the guy. Hero is a good player. Lillard is that guy. Even down the stretch with many times where Butler couldn't do it. But Dame time, baby, Dame time. Are you kidding me? That's why, that's why I'm, I'm tired of... This guy's an all-pro, and I know you recognize him as good, but I don't think you truly recognize Lillard as great. And Lillard is great. And when you have an opportunity to get great players, you you take it. And yes, they're going to give up Hero and probably give up three first-round picks. Ooh. But that's oh. that's the cost. If you want to get something good, you got to give up something good. You know, that's just how it is. And you expect... Obviously, a, a trade straight up is ridiculous. Who the heck thinks that heroes in the same league? So you give up a good player and you give up those, and you're over here we're mortgaging for five years. Like, no, you, you, you're going to possibly get one or two championships out of this, and that's why we play this game, folks, to win chips. Just when I think I've got uh, Johnny in the, at the at the corner of the ring here, he comes out with some crazy sh- stuff that I got <laughs> to figure out. Speaking of uh, speaking of trades that actually are happening because it's the NBA and baseball trades are done. Transitioning to baseball and the Rays and what we've got going on, Johnny. What's going on with the Rays this week? Well, you know how I feel about the Rays. I mean, the Rays are disappointing me so much. I mean, what what are they at? They're ten and seven since the um, the trade break here, uh-huh. and, and they're still behind the Orioles. You know, they're still in the wild card. Listen, they they went from the hottest team in baseball to just a good team. You know, their ace. McClanahan, um, yeah, he's done for the year. Tommy John, so, yeah, yeah. Tommy John surgery, he's done for the year. Oh, so you lose your best pitcher. It's a good thing in the during the the trade deadline they picked up the best possible pitcher available. Oh no, they picked up Aaron Savale, who has his own in, history of injuries. They didn't pick up the uh, the talent that I wanted to pick up. Now we we flirted with the idea of Otani, but I think deep down we knew it wasn't going to happen. But they had opportunities to pick up the great pitchers, Verlander, Scherzer, and they didn't. And they lose their best pitcher. This this is something to where this is what happens when you play to not lose instead of playing to win. 
Why do we watch the same games but have completely different <laughs> opinions on this? I don't understand. The, they're three and one since last week. Since the last episode. Okay. They're three, yeah, they're three Congratulations. and one. Three games behind the Orioles, atop of the wild card by a handful of games. Mm-hmm. Yep. I, I know you don't like the, the whole 10-game span, but six and four over the last 10, the, the only team that's been better is the Mariners. Yeah, okay. okay so so in about, in about McClanahan, just so that we're on the same page with that, yeah, Aaron Savala stepped in. His ERA is down to 2.44 ERA. He won last week. So he's helping the Rays stay afloat. What are you talking about? He's, he's not going to help them win a World Series. People are not going to say, man, thank God for Aaron well, Savali. Well, we got to get but to the dance he, first. He, no, he's going to... You look at a team like the Rangers. Okay, the Rangers and even the the, the Houston Cheaters. They went <laughs> ahead. These are This is a team that was clawing up to kind of do their thing. And... They made a trade for Verlander. Texas was already in first place. And they didn't sit back like the Rays and be like, all right, well, we got a good team. We have a good team. Let's just see what we do with this. And this is after they had the best offseason uh, free agent pickup in, in DeGrom. They go and pick up DeGrom. Nobody expected them to pick him up. They pick him up. And then this guy goes down early in the season. So you would think, like, man, even without DeGrom, they're still in first place. And then the ownership goes, no, we have a good team. We need to make sure that when we have a good team, we put the best possible pieces around that good team because we play this game to win rings. And that's what they did. They pick up Scherzer. And Scherzer has been amazing for the Rangers. The Rangers are in first place. Why? Because when you do everything that you need to do to win and you to play to win a game instead of not to lose, it's amazing what happens. The Rays should have learned a lot from this. I, I want to commend the Rays for doing what they're doing in the last couple of weeks with all the adversity with the Franco scandal. You know, I, I do want to talk yeah. a little bit about that as well, Johnny, because even in spite of that, I think they're having a good week. Uh, you know, as far as the, the updates that have been happening, it's been trickling in. But as of right now, from what I understand with Franco, uh, we're not going to be... Uh, he's, the suspension is going to continue, right? Yeah, well, Franco, you shouldn't expect him... To ever step on the, the on a foot on a major league baseball now, a baseball, major league baseball field. You sure it's not too soon for that? No. Or? Well, they haven't. Major league baseball hasn't announced it. It's right. suspended. They have a, a special investigation going on. But listen, I mean, you and I, you know, essentially from third world countries. You know, me being from the Dominican Republic, you're from Peru. So in this situation, strange. Now, this is an awful situation where you have a young man of 22 years old allegedly having a relationship with a 14-year-old. Now, allegedly, this we spoke a little bit about this last week. In third world countries, this is something to where, in this situation with um, Franco, his, her, excuse me, her family was aware of what's going on. This is a poor family, has a daughter. He wants to start a relation with her. The family was fine with it. As long as he's taking care of her and taking care of the family, they kind of went along with it. It was no issues. Then, I don't know the details yet, but they weren't getting as much money as they thought they should have been getting or whatever's happening. And that's when the social media post came up and that's what got this guy into a lot of problems. So this is a terrible thing that Franco got himself involved with. Um, he's still, at the end of the day, I blame a lot of it primarily on Franco. But you have this, you know... This baseball organization, you have you have certain winter balls in the Dominican Republic. A lot of these players that go back to the DR to play in the offseason. And they still have the organizational guys there. Who, where are these people telling these guys, talking to them, and informing these young guys who don't really have an education, who come from 
a lot of campos, like we say, and different things that we don't really know, like, hey, you can't do these things. And it's, it's something to where he's not going to ever play again in the Major League Baseball field. And he has nobody to blame but himself. But make no mistake, her family was well aware of the situation. They were fine with their relationship. It just became an issue about money. Yeah, you're kind of walking that fine line. So you kind of got to choose your words wisely when you're talking about this. Because where you're, you're basically hinting at and what you're saying is uh, these kind of things are acceptable in other countries, which they are. They're normal. They're things that we wouldn't even bat an eye to. And it's not that we want to, um, you know, victimize this young lady or we want to say that she's not a victim or anything like that. Right. But at the end of the day, that's just the way that things are there. So make no mistake. It's wrong. Make no mistake. I think Johnny and I both agree that. He's not going to, you know, play baseball anymore. He shouldn't play baseball in the major leagues anymore. Correct. But He's but done. again, but again, the other side of that coin is when you're talking about places like Peru, DR, uh, these things are common, unfortunately. Uh, now, other thing that I will mention just to add on to this, Johnny, because it's just worth mentioning. I mean, it did come out and I didn't know this before either, that he actually apparently is married. He's got two kids. Um, you know, they have two children together with his wife, Rochelle Polino. Uh, I mean, I don't, maybe you knew that, but I didn't know that coming out of all this. And so it's just insult to injury. Right. So so. A, it's, it's not uncommon for a, a man who's married and he has, you know, his side chick or whatever's going on right. here. The problem here is that his side chick was a teenager. Right. You know, his side chick was a teenager that still was something to where it's, while certain things like this are the norm in, in third world countries, I don't care. It doesn't matter. At the end of the day, it's wrong. It's still statutory rape. This right. child doesn't really understand the things that an adult does. The family should be charged as well because the parents allowed this. They okayed it as long as there were funds involved, and they were. Right. And so the you know the the funds weren't adequate to what they felt it should have been. Now it became a problem. So um, there's a lot of things to blame. It's a sad story, mainly for this child that is affected. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know it's, it's a lesson um, to where you guys got to be careful. You work so hard to get to this major league baseball or anything else, and here we are. And uh, his Major League Baseball career, very promising career, seems to be over. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, you know, and that's, that's just the way it's going to go for him. And we'll see as updates continue to go. Uh, but, of course, we've got two Florida teams here uh, with the Marlins. Uh, how have we seen the Marlins this week, Johnny? How have they been doing as far as... Uh... Listen, the Marlins are surprising. Like, well, listen, they're 7-9 since the All-Star, excuse me, the All-Star break, the trade deadline. But they're playing tough teams. Mm-hmm. You know, they beat the right. Houston Cheaters. But they lost the series. They ended up ending the Dodgers' 11-game hit streak, but they lost the series. Now, they're not going to win the World Series here, folks, but they are causing some disruptions. And if they get into these playoffs, they're they're still in it. They could definitely stir up some trouble there. So the Marlins are really a scrappy team. They're really surprising me. And, and really, for me, they're my Florida team that I'm really watching. The Rays, I've you know, giving up on you. Even before this whole thing with Yando Franco, you guys, when you showed me that you're not committed to winning, you're just going to, you know, uh, just try the best with uh, the talent is, you have. That's a problem. The, is that the part where the fluid comes out? Because I could have sworn I heard something along the lines of you had them, the Rays, that's going to the World Series. First of all, I, I explain who I have <laughs> oh in the World God. Series. In the World Series, I have the Texas oh. Rangers and the Atlanta Braves. Okay? okay. I made that very clear. Okay. Uh, very clear. Right. Okay. After the trade <laughs> deadline, I'm very clear what's going on. Beforehand, when I saw the Rays weren't committed to winning, when you're an organization like the Magic who refuses to go oh ahead and boy. put the pieces to win, I have a problem with you. And so, Rangers, Braves, that hasn't changed in several weeks. So, but the Marlins, Marlins are a good team. I, I like what they've been doing. They're been, they've been on a, on a run. 
So I like the type of baseball they're playing. So they can get themselves in the playoffs. And if they do, look out. Uh, all I've got for the Marlins, for me, it's, it's I was looking at them today, just kind of studying them a little bit more just to make sure that, I, you know, I'm, I'm right where, you know, because I had them. Like, I had them having a good half and this and that. And I was, like, so excited for the second half of baseball. And they just laid an egg. And that's to me, that's the whole story with them. The second half of baseball has not been good to them. Uh, to your point, they have a month to go. What are they going to do this month? And and to your point, Johnny, if they do win games this month, if they scrap back and they make it and they squeak into the wild card, they get into the playoffs, then I'm going to be cheering for them as well, right? Because I, I want them to do well. They're a Florida team. But, it, but again, just the second half of baseball has not been good to them, uh, loss after loss. Yeah, I mean, with the Marlins... We've said everything we need to say regarding the Marlins and what I expect, what they can do. They're a scrappy right. team. Right. So ultimately for me, it's they're my favorite Florida team to watch in Major League Baseball. But my main concern right now, I've already moved on, and I'm really focused on what might happen with Otani. Now, Angels completely just are just laying eggs. The, the only team worse than the Angels right now are the Yankees. The Yankees are on a just nosedive. And it's got me thinking like, okay, well, you got teams like the Yankees, you got all these other teams like the Red Sox, and what's going to happen next year with Otani? He's going to be a free agent. He's the best player in baseball by far. You know, you guys, are, if you follow even a little bit about baseball, you you know who Otani is and what he brings to the game. So with Otani being a free agent, where do you see Otani next year, Chris? So, uh, very, very conflicting because, like, I've been saying in previous episodes that I, I know that he's going to stay, he's going to resign. And then this morning, I'm getting ready, getting my coffee, and ESPN comes out with this article this morning at 7 a.m. and just destroys everything that I had to say. <laughs> and so, and so, so they, they said exactly what I so, told you. Uh, the last no, 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 no. Okay. And, uh-huh. and they made valid points, unlike my counterpart here. They, uh, made, okay. they made points that actually make sense. Okay. And so the Florida man is right 99.9% of the time. And so I want to tell you that he's going to re-sign with the Angels. The only thing that I'm holding on to, the only sliver that I'm holding on to is that from the inside, from what you hear from the intel, from the people that are actually seeing him, regardless of the fact that it's been 9 out of 10 years since making the playoffs, he likes it there. He, he's happy there. His team is there. So all that is still there. I can't imagine, Johnny, a team like the Angels would be so so uh, dumb, I guess maybe the word is, that, is that they would let, like, no, let's keep them uh, because we really don't know. No, they have to know. They okay. have to know. We're keeping them. We're not going to trade them because we have a percentage that says 80% that we're going to keep them and we feel like he's going to stay. Or else why Or else why keep them? Okay. Here's the thing with Otani. Now, for me, you know, I'm a Florida man, like most Florida men, I'm a Yankee fan. <laughs> like, so, so I grew up, oof, uh, oof. listen, there's a lot of transports coming oof. in here. So, ideally, I would love to see him in pinstripes. And what happened this past year with the Yankees and the nosedive, listen, the old George, you know, George Steinbrenner, now Hal's running the team. George Steinbrenner would get Otani. He wouldn't care what it costs. After what happened this year, what's going to continue to happen this year, we're in last place. I can see him saying enough is enough. The same way he went out and got great talent like Dave Winfield, Reggie Jackson. And it's, it's, it doesn't matter. You're going to go ahead and do what you need to do. But here's the problem. Yes, you, he, he doesn't love the Angels, Otani. What Otani loves is playing in the West Coast. Now, Bob Nightingale of the USA Today reported earlier this year that Otani does re- prefer to remain in the West Coast. And that still holds true. So what's, what's going to happen there? Is he re-signing with the Angels? Hell no. He's not re-signing with the Angels. Where is he going to go? 
let me think for a second. The Los Angeles Dodgers, the real Los Angeles team in the state of California. Now, why would you say that? Okay, well, let's see. He has won the MVP and most likely will this year win another. He wants a postseason. He wants a ring. The Dodgers enter the season having reached the playoffs in 10 straight seasons. During that time, they made it to the World Series three times, winning one of them. Now, while the Dodgers would be in the playoffs again if the season here ended today, they clearly were not as aggressive as they should have been in this offseason in terms of pursuing big signing bonus. They didn't re-sign their shortstop, Trey Turner, let him leave for the Philadelphia Phillies in free agency, meaning they have space to take on massive contract in the near future. So, you know what that means? They're making room for Otani. Okay? They're making room for Otani. He's going to be a Los Angeles Dodger. You heard it here, here, folks. Los Angeles Dodger next year. Los Angeles Dodger. I'm going to stick for one more week. with. <laughs> He's going to stay with Los Angeles. <laughs> I'm going to listen to, to Trout. Again, even going back to what I was reading earlier, Trot even himself says that he was quoted as saying that he doesn't believe that he's going to go, that he's going to leave. He sees what how, else he's supposed to say? He, well, because, what else well, is he going to say? Of course he's going to say he that. He sees how comfortable he is. They've got a good relationship. And so I'm going to say that uh, the owner is going to dig deep into his pockets like he did this year, go over the salary cap, and he's going to spend big money, get him to stay. That's my vote. Well, Trout is obviously comfortable with losing. So if, if, if Otani is comfortable with losing... And getting, he'll probably get the Angels with new ownership. They don't want to lose him. They want him staying with them. I can see them offering this guy six hundred million plus, something insane. Mm -hmm. But the Dodgers have money, and they're gonna have some room. And I can see the Dodgers going doing what the Mets have done before. The Mets spent all that money. The Dodgers spent all that money. Can I, can I pick a B team if the Los Angeles doesn't keep them? Or the, can I keep? Can I get a B team? I mean, the the B teams are the odd B teams. The Yankees, the Red Sox, those are the teams. That are going to pursue him. The problem is that from everything I've I've read, and Bob Nightingale reported from the USA Today, even other ESPN analysts, he loves playing the West Coast. It's closer to Japan. It's closer the, to his the, family. The, the Florida man is going to pull a Ricky Bobby. If you're not first, you're last. I'm okay. going to go full throttle with this. If <laughs> if the Angels don't get him, I and and why the Rays were so calm this offseason is that they're going to go after. Are him. you insane? <laughs> I'm going to say the Rays. The I'm going to say the Rays. I'm going to say the Rays. The Florida man is going to say the Rays. I'm going to say that is Let's the go. most asinine thing. <laughs> this is what happens when you start rooting for the Germans. When you root for the Germans and you eat your schnitzel and you start going ahead Let's and, go and thinking the Rays are picking up Otani and free agency. Yeah, sure. They'll sell half the team just to pay for that contract. Get the heck out of here. Now, listen, we're going to move on from the delusion in, in Chris's head and going to go ahead and talk about their NFL, finally. What's going on here, guys? Tua's back on the field. Tua finally go ahead and plays <laughs> in his NFL game. Well, it's a preseason. But, uh, you know, he, he finally got to see something of him after the whole concussions. He had such a long time away from football. What's your takeaway from the Dolphins and Tua, Chris? Uh, you know, Johnny, my, my take is this. Uh, my take before I, I say something about Tua, it's about you as my counterpart. <laughs> you know, last episode, last week, we say how it doesn't matter how he doesn't need to play, how he should just, 
You know, do nothing, right? You said that a few times. Do nothing or some some BS. I don't know. And look at what happened. The guy finally plays like I said he should. Poor guy goes five for seven. I know it's just preseason. Throws an interception and he sits out with a 58 QB rating. So it wasn't a, a, a very good first game out there. It is good to see him out there playing, but this just proved my point that I said in previous shows where I've said I don't like the way that he's practicing. I want to see how this is going to transition to the game. There's only one game left. There's only three preseason games now, not four, and everyone knows this. So, you know, I hope that next game, the last preseason game, he gets a whole quarter, hopefully, because you don't want to start the season. I don't care who you are. Nobody wants to start the season with five for seven with an interception. I don't know what game you were watching. So, okay, you saw Tua. His very first pass attempt was intercepted. Okay, and then what did the Dolphins' defense do? They stopped them and didn't even allow them to score. They got the ball right back, and then Tua goes five for six on a 93-yard drive for a touchdown. Baby, he's back. Okay. Tua's back. So, so you want to go ahead and do what Fox News does so. and slant the truth towards like, oh, five for seven. His quarterback, like, he went five right. for six. A 93-yard drive and got the touchdown. Okay, so just I hate the, the my my ear. Our executive producer Derby's <laughs> on here again, and he's uh, letting me know that he has no idea what you're smoking. <laughs> because okay. if you actually look at the 28-3 victory for Miami against Houston, uh, Tua went five for seven. Yep. Oh, that's right. In one interception. Okay. Yes. Yes. Yeah. One interception. Of course. What I'm saying, his very first pass attempt. You're, yeah. See, the problem is that Chris. He's not. He's drinking way too much coffee, oh, and he's okay. not really listening okay. to me. So his very first pass attempt was picked off. So the next drive, which is the very next possession, he goes five for six. So in total, five for seven. So his first pass attempt picked. His next drive, five for six, 93-yard drive, touchdown. He didn't uh, score a touchdown. He didn't score the touchdown, okay. Chris. He led the drive. A quarterback, I'm okay. explaining something so, to Chris. No, no, no. Chris, out, is, Chris is not aware that a quarterback leads the offense I, to drive. I, I, I they, watched the game. It was, they, he, obviously, right. the touchdown was handed off and right. scored in there. Right. But he led the drive. A, the quarterback leads the drive, okay. a 93-yard right. touchdown drive led by Tua. So thank you for holding my hand through that, Johnny. That was excellent. Jesus, so, that was, now, so, now, so now, so what you're saying is that he went... Five for seven with an interception and a QB rating no. of 58. It doesn't matter. No. It doesn't matter that he walked them to the... That doesn't matter. You don't want to finish like that with those stats. Sorry. Fox News over here oh is, is going God. ahead and trying to five for seven QB rating. is oh so terrible. God. His very first pass was picked. And that's kind of what you want. You kind of want, oh, you want to, to get pick, that want rust pick. off. It's, okay. And it's fine. Get it out of the way. You don't want that coming in a game. And mm. what I said last week was the same thing to where... No minimal playing in the preseason. You're going to go ahead. You need to work. They they've been through this. Continue to master your playbook. Work on their routes with Hill and Waddle. Really work on a couple of things with your tight end, and and really focus on defensive assignments. And that's what they did. Their defense looks great. And Tua, listen, that second drive, five for six, and led his team 93 yards. It, it was a very impressive drive. I saw everything I needed to see from Tua. Oh, he's back, really? baby. He's you back. Saw everything? Yeah, I saw know, everything. Yeah, he's well, he's the back. Way, the way that you explained it to our to our fans, I, poor fans, I, I it made it great. Sound, make it sound like like Tua threw for a touchdown. That's all right. That's all right. No, well, I, well, that's I, I said he Derby, led Derby, Derby said a ninety-three no, no, yard drive for a touchdown. Yeah, I didn't say he threw a touchdown. That's okay. Uh, I hope that he does play. So you're saying that you don't want him to play the last game? He shouldn't play the last game? No, uh, he's, he can play. It's okay. like anything else. What, you want to play a quarter? You want to play a a, quarter, a, 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 quarter. Cu- a couple of, of drives? It doesn't really matter. You, just think you don't overdo it. You don't need to. The preseason, the preseason. They get more from a joint practice session with other teams than they do from these preseason games. So 
if this was a rookie, if this was like, you know, what the Houston Texans are doing, no, you got to throw your rookie out there. You got him to play as much as possible, see as much as possible for the week one. But Tua's no rookie. Tua showed us what he can do. And when he's on the field, he leads the best offense in football. I guess I guess we'll have to agree to disagree. We'll have one week left of preseason football. Uh, of course, we have three Florida teams here. We're talking about the Jacksonville Jaguars now, twenty-five-seven victory. Uh, what are your thoughts? Uh, I know I know what I have to say specifically as far as uh, Jacksonville is concerned. But what are your thoughts on Jacksonville? Now, Johnny? shout out to whoever on the Jags organization is listening to me because, <laughs> like I say, they just need their offensive line, defensive line to work on their penalties. Ridley and Lawrence just need to get their timing and routes mm. synced up. So just avoid. You don't need to really mess with this. The, the, the Jacksonville isn't even playing any of their starters. Right now, their starters are boycotting the preseason. And that's it's fine. They, they won their division last year. They won a playoff game last year. Now, Jacksonville is going to have a monster year. Trevor Lawrence is going to have a monster year. Ridley is going to have a monster year. So... They're, they're, they're just trying to sneak up. They're not even showing you guys what they can do. Yeah. And they're playing it smart. They're listening to exactly what I said they needed to do. That's a you great are story. welcome. That, that's a great story. That's a great story. Can I hear it again? You're talking about a team in Trevor Lawrence, Christian Kurt, and Calvin Ridley who, who haven't meshed together yet. You're talking about a team who, not listen to this now, they had to win like we know last year, like going this ridiculous run to make the playoffs. You're talking about a guy who didn't play all year, and their response, their response to this is, let's not play anybody. The heck with it. One more preseason game, we'll figure it out. That is ridiculous. And and I think, I think that that puts a little too much pressure on Trevor Lawrence's shoulders. If I'm Trevor Lawrence, okay, if I'm him, I'm like, hey, Let's get out there. Let's play a quarter. Let's see what Calvin Ridley can do in the actual game. Let's see how Christian Kirk and I mix with Calvin Ridley together and see if we can get this offense back on track because you're not going to get away with having to win another seven games this year in a row to make the playoffs. Are you kidding me? Yeah, they're not going to need to depend on that. Listen, the last preseason game, they're obviously going to get some snaps. They're going to get a few things here, but it's not necessary to start throwing them out every game. They're going to give you just a hint of what's to come. So you're going to see what Kirk and Ridley... Listen, Ridley, everybody who's watching this guy said, this guy hasn't fallen off. This guy's going to get 1,500, maybe 2,000 yards receiving this year. I'm, on, I'm onto your game. I love how practice is only important when you when you want to make a point. I love that, right? Oh. Now, practice is important yeah. when it's just specific to route running and timing. Oh, okay. And that's what they're going right. to work on, what they have worked on. And Ridley, people like forget how good this guy was. He took a year off for being an idiot and gambling. And that's done. Now he's going to go ahead, come back pissed off, wanting to go ahead and show everybody that he was a top five receiver before he fell off. And the Jags got him cheap because he was suspended and the Falcons were looking to rebuild. So shout out to the Jags organization who are smart, who are forward thinking. Now that's going to pay off this year. Hmm. But let's forget about the Jags right now. The Jags um, are amazing. Let's, the best Two teams in Florida are the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Miami Dolphins. Let's talk about the worst team in Florida and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, their own drama going on between Mayfield and Trash. So what's going on with Tampa, Chris? So I'm going to get in my soapbox for this a little bit because I am a diehard Tampa Bay fan, and I'm just disappointed, Donnie. I'm disappointed in what's going on this week. You know, we were promised a quarterback battle. We were promised a real bona fide QB battle. The coach saying, hey, we're going to play Mayfield first. Next game, we're going to reverse route, play Trask, and then play Mayfield. And then I'm going to make a decision on who the QB is going to be. 
Okay, we can eat that as, as Buck fans. And, you know, when you're a Buck fan or, or, or any fan of, your, of the team that you love, right, you, you watch your team at the back of your hand. And so, yeah, to Johnny's point, sometimes you're, like, excited and sometimes you're always saying you're going to be in the playoffs and this and that. But genuinely speaking, if you're a Bucks fan this season, with the job that Jason Light has done, I said earlier that he's going to be a top nominee for GM of the year because he's done so well with the little money that we had in cap space. You've got so many great things going for you where I've, I've jokingly said that Brady even may want to come back because this team is better than last year. I've said things like that. And then now you have a QB battle that never happened, that never was. It's clear Mayfield is the choice. It's disappointing as a Buccaneer fan because you've got a kid that's been behind Brady for two years. And you're not really giving him the shot that he deserves. And you know why you're doing that? You're doing that because you're trying to save your job. That really, that that bothers me as a Buck fan. If you're still listening to the podcast right now, which I know you are, you're going to agree with me if you're a Bucks fan. What they're doing to Trask is wrong. And what they're going to do, and, and now you start to believe, hey, maybe we're not going to win the nine games that I predicted. Maybe now it's not oh, going to happen. Look yeah. at the backpedaling. Let me go ahead and put this excuse in the, no, 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 no. here to show this that is... maybe they, I'm not going to win the games I said we were going to win. Look at Chris okay. doing I'll, I'll his best go imitation ahead. of, of James Harden. Oh. oh, that my GM is a liar. He's a liar. He's lying. Listen, coach, coach, not GM, but go ahead. That was good. That was good. <laughs> There's enough tape on trash. Okay, They know what they have in him. So you like to think that they don't see. They want to see what they have in Mayfield. And you already know where I stand. Mayfield it bring gives you gives you guys the best opportunity to win. I, I, he's a better I, I, quarterback. I'm gonna, I'm gonna just real quick. I'm gonna, Go sorry ahead. to interrupt. Sorry to interrupt you, but here's the thing, John. This is exactly why coaches make bad decisions with the comment you just said there, because that's exactly what the coach is thinking. So he wants to save his job, and the, and the way that he sees it is, hey, this gives me the best chance. Instead of thinking, you know what? Let me go with trash. At least make it a fair QB battle. And then after that, if you're really thinking about the team, if you're really thinking about where they're going to go, here's here's the best side, John. I'll leave it, I'll leave it here because I know I know it just cut the, the point-wise. But look at it like this. If you go with Trask and he, does, he doesn't do well, guess what happens? You get a top pick. You go with Mayfield, you go down the middle of the road like he always does in his career. Oh, my and you, God. And, and, you, and you win four or five games. You, and, you are repeating exactly what I just said last week and no, what I said this no, week. No, 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 Because I believe, I believe that my, my point, and I'll, and I'll finish, my point is that if you do go with Trask, I think you're going to be pleasantly surprised. I, if Trask is that quarterback, I believe we win nine games. I'm saying that the coach is doing this because he thinks like you. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, because, he thinks like you. He thinks because that Trask great is going to great football minds think like me. Oh, my. And, and, and Coach has been fired twice, by the way. It's, go ahead. It's Trask... <laughs> There's enough tape on Trask. They've seen him play behind Bray for two years. I see him in practice every day. They know what the kid can do. So they see it. They know his upside. So they see the higher upside is Mayfield. Mayfield may surprise you and actually win you games that you shouldn't win. I don't think so. I think at the end of the day, Mayfield is going to bring you at best to a 500 team. But Trask is going to give you a top three pick. For next year, but you're right, the GMO loses job. The GMs, the front office needs to win. They need to win to go ahead and show that, hey, we made these moves to go ahead and continue to win and keep our jobs. So what's wrong with that? They're, they're, you're supposed to put the players in the field. They're going to help you win games. I just think clearly that regardless of who you put in, you guys are not winning the Super Bowl. You're not making the playoffs. So you might as well go ahead and get your top three pick put in trash. But you're not going to win more ball games with trash. 
And I'm saying put in Trask, and you're going to see how we can win nine games. You just got to believe in people and stop trying to save your job, coach, if you're listening. That's just my opinion. Yeah. I, I want to get off my soapbox because I... You a know, big I get, rainbow get, I, just I get, came behind. Believe in people. I get a when it comes to that stuff. So we'll see what happens this week. We do have one last week of preseason football left. So without saying, we do want to talk just a little bit about the NFL briefly here, Johnny. Uh, you know, the news that came out with Jonathan Taylor. First, he was not tradable. Now he's tradable. Now he can go look for a trade. Uh, what are your thoughts as far as what the Colts are doing with him? Well, I mean, the, the owner put his foot in his mouth and mm. kind of made things difficult to kind of mend that relationship. And the running backs don't really have the same value as they used to years ago. There are a few amazing backs in this league, and Jonathan Taylor is one of them. Mm. So, for me, the best fit... For Taylor, because Taylor, I don't see him. They're going to look to see if they can move him, and they want a first-round pick for him or something team, else there. Punch in the face if you take my team. Well, I'm telling you right now, the best team for Jonathan Taylor is the New England Patriots. Oh, okay. Go ahead. Okay, yeah. I can guess who you're going to pick. I mean, I'm going to take a big guess there. It's the New England Patriots. Okay, they pick up Zeke. Okay, and Zeke is past his prime. They got him on the cheap, and they are running back by committee offense. Because they haven't really had a running back of this caliber since Curtis Martin in the Parcells era. Now, they make the move. They can use Stevenson and the Tubby Zeke as second and third backs and really help Mac Jones this year with a solid, solid running game. Jonathan Taylor, New England Patriot. Okay, well, I'm going to be very quick on this and tell you once again that you are wrong as far as that goes. But I will say this as far as the Taylor uh, trade and whatnot, this th- this kid, man, he's so young. He's so elite. Like, I just don't understand why uh, teams are just not jumping at the bit. He needs to be in Miami. You thought I was going to say the Bucks. You were wrong. I was right. And here's why it has to be Miami. You've got a 31-year-old in Jeff Wilson Jr. It's like they had one of the worst running games last year with Wilson and with uh, with Raheem. And they were like, "Oh no, screw it! We're going to run it back. Like they're going to run it back with the worst, run it back with the worst team uh, running attack in the NFL last year." So I think it's Miami. Miami, if you're listening, you've already paid big money for these players. Go ahead and get it done because you're going to need somebody like him if you're going to make a serious playoff run, like my partner, my counterpart Johnny here has mentioned in the past. Yeah, great, Miami. Yes, it's a great option. Yeah. The problem is that Miami has already given up too much cow, uh, capital. You know, they they gave up draft picks for Ramsey. Right. They they gave up you know draft picks for defensive players last year. They don't they don't have the capital to pick up Jonathan Taylor for what the Colts are going to want from him. The Patriots do. So, at the end of the day, yeah, I could have thought of Miami if we were living in a if we're living in a fantasy world where <laughs> cap space and draft picks don't matter, but the Patriots have the cap space and the draft picks to offer the Indianapolis Colts. Hey, if you don't get what you want, you take that. And that's what I was saying before. That was my point that I was trying to make that I can't understand why he's already hasn't been picked by a team. Like you're so talented, so young and everything. The only point that you made that I really do agree with is that the running back position has been, you know, it's not what it used to be. Right. So I understand that. Well, he's been available for a day. You know, so like he's. No, see, I, I disagree with you there. He's been available for a day to the media. You and I both know how this works. We know that when the owner was talking stuff before, he's basically he's tradable. It's a bunch of BS. yeah. He, they have options, right. but right. you know the, the Colts are going to go ahead and ask for ev- everything in the right. kitchen sink. You know, so now it's just a negotiation. There are definitely teams involved. It's just figuring out what's fair, and that's what they're trying to do. Well, Miami, if you're listening, let's go ahead and rock and roll. 
so that in next week's episode, I can also say how right I am and how wrong Johnny is. Yeah. <laughs> I, I appreciate everything. And, and you guys see, thanks, Chris, for loving these jammings. Listen, listen, I'm excited for next week's show. Just want to just reiterate here that we're going to discuss fantasy football uh, next week and get people ready for the upcoming season. The last week of preseason football is going to be out of the way as well. So it's going to be very exciting. And as far as the FIBA World Cup, guys, there's no more exhibition games. So it's going to be the real games that are happening. Let's go. Next episode is going to be really exciting. It's, a, it's always a pleasure to be here on the radio here with Johnny. I am the Florida Man, a.k.a. Always Right Christian, my partner in crime here, a.k.a. He's Fluid, Johnny Cinco. We're going to see you next time at the Florida Man Podcast. Yeah.